Drolog is he, he's basically doing everything he can to try and persuade Zinlaz not to go on this trip. But Zinlaz isn't hearing any of it. You're walking outside onto what is a like a plateau of stone. Professor Kegstone has been assembling something. And this six foot circular piece of fabric becomes a portable hole, a 10 foot deep space that extends beyond where that wall should actually be. And he's basically created a portable office space observatory. And this circle begins to resolve. What you see takes a moment to register. It doesn't look like a star at all. It's like, it's like a marble suspended in the sky somehow. This is extraordinary. What do you think this could be? This is another world like our own. And now we continue. How long does the um, how long do the observations take? You'll be finishing very early in the morning, about five a.m. Okay. So probably a, a solid five hours of work. Yep. Observing, not like the whole time, because obviously there's only so many sketches you can make. It's only so many observe. Like it's going to move throughout the sky. Yeah. Uh, the occasional cloud may obscure it for some periods of time. Mm-hmm. As you yourself have said, astronomers are beholden to the weather. Yeah. So you'll notice as well Mm. that at some points, even though it doesn't flicker with light, it does seem to to warp slightly, like a a ripple. Mm. Um, Like like someone off in the distance dropped a a pebble into a pond and a ripple moves across. Yeah. Which you as a druid might interpret to be the sky, the weather moving, Mm. the atmosphere. Okay. Well, probably when there's like a, a cloud break or like breaking the observation, um, uh, would I look around and see Potentia sort of, I don't know, doing whatever she's doing? Hmm. You've never, I don't know if you've spent time with elves when they don't so much sleep as go into like a meditative trance. Hmm. Well, I'm not sure what time it would be, but if she was sort of sat there at some point, I'd probably go over and join Potentia while I'm sort of giving my eyes a rest. That's fair. And just sort of spend some time just like looking out into the sky and over the over the landscape and probably just like sort of like earlier just kind of like putting a hand on my back and just sort of kind of like gently massaging the area does potentia react in any way to this person nearby i mean if he sat down she'd probably just sort of remark without necessarily looking at him in the way that two people who are sitting in each other's space but doing their own thing do just sort of like excitement suits you Harold <laughs> yes well it's not um, it's not every day one gets to discover something so fundamentally altering you know um, a lot of what we thought we knew seems completely 
wrong at this point, and um, uh, it's going to be a battle, I think, to get people to come around to this idea, but, um, you know, we're, we're just one of many, which is a very, very humbling thought, and it uh, certainly makes some of our endeavors seem a little trivial, I guess, but uh, I don't know. Yes, I'm excited. I, I'm excited to see what this means for us going forward. Um, yeah, I don't know. It certainly puts some things into perspective. Uh, I suppose recently I've come to realize that life is a little more chaotic than I suppose my little bubble growing up would lead me to believe. I, uh, I, I keep thinking back to that night, you know, in the alleyway and... You know, on, on another night, I could have been wandering over to that party by myself, and, uh... I don't know, that, that, that apparition had, uh... You know, pretty bad intent, and... You know, that poor fellow in the alleyway could have easily died, and... So, so could I, you know, I... I, I wanted to do something, but I, I saw that thing, you know, with the, with a knife in that man's back, and I, I just I froze. I I didn't know I didn't know what to do. You know that awful shriek inside my head, and you know if it weren't uh, for you and Meredith that night, and I suppose Nikolai. <laughs> um, I don't know potential. I don't know if you've ever been on the brink of death, but I don't know. I guess it, it has me thinking back on all of those stories that Faustus would tell, and I suppose he left out the parts where he almost died. Somehow those types of stories have a tendency to make people seem invincible, even when they are not. No. Everyone seems perfect in stories, even when you can't see behind the curtain. Yes, well, I know, I know it's a funny turn of phrase, but it, it, um, it still haunts me a little, you know. I mean, it's only been a few days, I know, but um, I, I, I can't describe that, the, that, that, that feeling, you know. I, I, I wanted to run, but I, I just couldn't. And, um, well, it's just a good job you and Meredith were there. You know, I'm, I'm glad I have you both. They say there are three reactions people have in a moment of crisis. Fight, flight, or freeze. And none of those are any better or worse than the other. Different things in the world react differently depending on which one suits them better at different points. I know, but you, you sort of always hope that you might be the one that, that fights. That's what all the heroes do in the stories, and... Uh... Sometimes the heroes also know when to run away, when to leave the thing behind. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm trying not to dwell on it too much. I mean, I, I, I still have all of this curiosity and wonder about the world, and I, I wouldn't want to let that hold me back, you know. But I, I'm just starting to realize that it's not all glamour. There's, <laughs> there's a lot of danger, I suppose, as well. The world is an interesting place, full of interesting people with interesting motives. I know. And she's just staring out at this skyline. I, uh, you know, I feel like you have a lot of stories to tell yourself. I would love to hear them someday. 
I know 10 years doesn't seem like a long time for an elf, but um, for a mere mortal like myself, it's uh, that's quite significant, actually. I like to hear other people's stories. Uh, I don't know that any of them are all that interesting. Maybe not to you, but you never know what treasure you're holding inside your brain, you know? Mm. Well, I'm sure your friends at the, what was it? Adventurers Appreciation Society? Oh, no, they. I think they fancy themselves a little grander than that. They call themselves the Adventurer Society, I think. They're good people, though. I think uh, we all appreciate a good story. I, 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 you know, they're... I met one of them. I don't know that I would call him a good person. Oh, you, you must be talking about Raymond. Yes, he's, uh... Mm. Well, he's not my favourite, <laughs> but... Uh, look, you know. Not everybody is, uh... Compatible, and, um... I know he can be a bit much, but... He does well to hold the, the, the society together, and uh, I think uh, I think he would like to think himself an adventurer, but somehow I don't quite see him leaving the safety of the city walls very often. Although I can't talk myself. Spent most of my life within those walls, trying to make adventure where I could, and uh, poor Gregory had to uh, hold my hand, basically, as I tried to... Uh, complete my studies <laughs> she just laughs to herself you know like and he's still doing it um, kind of way after the <laughs> events of the street <laughs> ouch alright oh, she doesn't say that mm-hmm. she just no, thinks I know. that alright insight check <laughs> ooh Great. 13. Also, can I just say, why do I always seem to be asleep for these deep and meaningful conversations? You're the ones, you're the one who just went to bed. I know, and nobody else did. (sighs) I don't need to, that's the difference. So much FOMO. I mean, Harold's going to be tired tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, true. Or today. Um, I will take that chuckle as a slight against my character. in a good-natured way and <laughs> use that excuse to um, find my way back to Professor Cakestone, I think. Okay. As you're up on the mountain, the sunrise comes earlier for you than it does for people down on the mm. flat. Mm. So the sun crests the horizon, but long before then, the, the stars begin to fade as the light when the sun creeps over. Uh, as the sun light starts to creep over... If anyone is looking, they notice that the bird that potentially has been watching just disappears. Ooh. Meredith is asleep. Meredith no, is asleep. <laughs> Meredith does not notice, but that is an interesting tidbit. Uh, unfortunately, Meredith is awoken in perhaps one of the rudest ways possible. A mm-hmm. large, basically just a, a basketball-sized glob of snow falls from the edge and just... The two of us, I, 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 like, even if I was in meditative trance, one hundred percent at that point, I'm like, what? Ah, oh, oh, Meredith, I think you made the mistake of um, sleeping beneath the precipice. Uh, rookie error, as they say. 
Well, I'm awake. Yes, you certainly Very are. Very awake at this point. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, morning. what time is it? No. What, when, when is sunrise? I, I don't think I've slept at all. You have not. Neither has Professor Kegstone. Oh. Uh, and they, you are both looking a little uh, weary from your night of study. Uh, in fact, Harold, please make a constitution saving throw. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, eight. It was like a 14 and then just dunk six. Oh. So yeah, eight total. I am going to count you as fatigued. Cool. Called exhaustion, by the way, now in 5e. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right. Yes, you are exhaustion level one, All right. we will say. Great. What does that actually uh, mean? Don't get to exhaustion level, is it five? That's not a good thing. There are apparently on this six, which is a lot. Six. Six, six must six just be yes. pass out instantly, right? It's no, no. Yeah, six, is, six is death. Oh, really? Six is death. Yeah. Interesting. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Five is speed reduced to zero. Six? Yeah. Hard case of death. It's like case. sixes, you are so exhausted, your body shuts down and you die. Wow. Yeah. Um, so level one exhaustion, though, is just um, it's disadvantage Disadvant- on certain ability checks, right? All ability checks, I think. Mm, disadvantage yeah. on ability checks. Okay. Oh, and it's any if you go up a level, it's all the things below it as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's cumulative. It, it yeah. is not. Yeah, it is not a fun track to be on. No. Can I take the? what we are dubbing the muffin <laughs> and break it into four bits and toss a bit to each person please that took me a second professor kegstone is starting a fire he has some supplies he's going to cook as you pass around your muffin bits Ah, <laughs> thanks potentia they are bits of muffin i know <laughs> but that turn of phrase was a moment yes uh um you would go to any excuse not to eat, I swear. No, I won't. Basically. Whereas Meredith is just yeah, like, Yeah, same. Harold is starving. Like, when you're awake all night, that hunger is is real. Mm. I mean, when I when I did my master's, um, and I pull a few all-nighters, I would have what I call dark lunch. Uh, is is that 2am? Uh, 2 a- 2, 2 yeah, it's the meal between breakfast. It's a meal between breakfast and dinner, yeah. except not lunch. It's the opposite time. Yeah. It's yeah. the dark lunch. I have been through 11 years of university. Like half of that was doing post-grad stuff. And I don't think I've, I've ever pulled an all either. in my life. Some kind of time management wizards. Woo! And given the amount yes. of things that I also do, that is a minor miracle. Mm. I've definitely, I've definitely pulled minor some miracle, late ones, yeah. but I've never pulled an all-nighter. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I've always, I've always at least had three or four hours when it's been dark. Yeah. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. Not I love that the women on this podcast are like, we know how to sleep. <laughs> the guys are like, nah, <laughs> sleep. <laughs> No, I think I think Ross and I know Sleep how long we can be awake before our bodies are like, get, stop it, just go to I mean, stop it. To, yeah. to be fair, I've definitely experienced levels of exhaustion based on having done many nights in a row mm. on three or four hours, but mm. I've never pulled an official. Yeah. Oh. Nah. I mean, I've pulled all nighters just from playing video games sometimes when I was younger. <laughs> mm. Just like. Mm. I've nearly done that. But I literally cannot function on no sleep. Well, um, as you guys have discovered, you know, found that I'm always going to sleep. Uh, a complete night without like, sleep is nah, equivalent to 
being over the limit for alcohol. Mm. Yeah, you're drunk. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, yeah. it's after I think it's after 18 hours of being awake. So um, yeah, something or 20 like that. hours of being awake. So even if you just like legally, Joe, if you or I had tried to drive after our late night study sessions, it would be the same. Yeah. And you can feel it. You can feel how your reactions are. So you have a warm breakfast as Professor Kegstone has brought with him um, a container with some eggs and some bacon and he starts frying up a morning meal. The sun is is rising and the sun is nice and warm but it is you're still like 10,000 feet you're Mm. it's cold up there Uh, so you're very grateful for the warmth that this meal provides. Is there tea? Uh, Professor Kegstone does not have any tea with him, but he does have some coffee. Meredith has brought tea. Ooh. Meredith has totally brought tea. And um, she pulls some out. Coffee coffee would be wonderful if it's available. It's morning. It's a coffee time. Tea, rest of day. Coffee in the morning. Says the player, swigging some coffee. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> this is one aspect where my character and, my, and me, we do not cross over. <laughs> uh, do you talk about anything? Like, Professor Kegstone is pretty... I'm going to use the word zonked out at this point. Yeah, same. I'm probably not very talkative either. It's a good word. Just tired. Um, so to, to Meredith, she had a full night's sleep. And Potentia, do you talk during breakfast? Yeah. Meredith is like obnoxiously upbeat and she's like, good morning, everybody. Just, that probably even sleep. puts Potentia on yeah, it. Yeah, Harold it's just like, like bristles slightly. You're a morning person. <laughs> well, she did get a, a face full of snow. <laughs> that wakes you up <laughs> yeah. real quick. Mm. <laughs> It's like a cold shower. It does. Certainly perky, yeah, Meredith. Definitely. Does anybody want any tea or coffee or... Oh, I slept like an absolute log. I mean, going to sleep under the stars. Is there anything um, No, I... I uh, well, <sighs> I wouldn't know. I didn't get to sleep. But um, if you're offering tea, I am certainly not going to say no. Well, I can definitely help with that. And she kind of gets to work with, um, with brewing some tea and some coffee and... Like, just takes it upon herself because she's clearly the most awake out of everybody. Like, after a quick scan, um, she just, like, goes, okay, cool, I will. I'll deal with this. Um, what kind of tea did she bring? Just lavender tea. Okay. The special one from home. She always has it with her Is it caffeinated is my question, essentially. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, potentially going to have coffee. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> fair. <laughs> It, it's she's she's the kind of person who, if this was like a real university, would be walking around with the mug that says like "Do not disturb until I've had my coffee." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like awake definitely, yeah. but like caffeine first. And you, you probably all uh, aware of this somewhat, but she's probably already had it the ne- the morning before when we met up really early. As you're sitting around having breakfast, some of you, I'm going to say, enduring. Meredith's morning chatter. <laughs> so bouncy. <Yeah>. So <laughs> excitable. Such a hop. You can see now the landscape stretching out around you, all the way to the, the sea and all the way to the horizon on that sea. As you're admiring the landscape and having breakfast, there's a, a slight bit of wind, and over the wind, you hear in the distance Zenlas! Zenlas! Do we recognize the voice? Uh, it's a bit difficult from the the kind of echoey thing, but Harold 
even though he's quite tired, he spots 50 feet above the, where you are now, up on the edge, is Drolog. He's standing up there in big winter coat with a pipe with like smoke coming out of it. And he's calling down to the group. Has, uh, has uh, Kegstone noticed yet? Um, Zinla's Kegstone is... He's asleep on his feet, basically. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting there. Like, he got halfway through his meal, and now he's just looking at it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll just give um, the professor a nod. I'll say, Professor, I think your cousin is calling to you. He's, he's, up, the, he's up the peak a little. <clears throat> hmm? Yes, I was just saying, I think your cousin is up there calling for you. Oh, he'll call up. Drolog, what are you doing up there? Zinlaz, did you find what you're looking for? Did you find your wandering star? I, Drolog, even though he's some distance away from you, you see his shoulders slump. Is it what you think it was? Not a star. I, my theory was right. What are you doing up there? Hey, Ross here. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could rate and review the podcast on your app of choice. While you're at it, why not recommend the show to a friend? It really helps us spread the word about the show. We'll soon be recording another one of our behind-the-scenes podcasts, The Common Room. So if you want to ask questions about the show to our cast and crew, why don't you check out dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. And now, back to the action. Drolog looks back and gestures to something behind him. Yeah. And you can see and hear. Uh, As she hears that, Potentia casts mage armor on herself. Can Meredith maybe look up and just look at the others and go, uh, I think we need to get out of here. That humanoid figure, that golem, that you fought in the library, the one missing its arm, (gasps) Mm -hmm. is standing at the top of that ridge. And it places on from its shoulder down onto the ground next to Droilog a barrel. Yeah, we definitely need to get out of here. I I agree. Let's go. Let's go. Zinlaz, this Uh, Uh, this doesn't... Back inside. Back inside. Back inside. (laughs) Because that's the only way out. I mean, unless you want to go off the mountain. Yeah. Featherfall. (laughs) No, thank you. Uh... (laughs) Bad idea. <laughs> Drolug looks up at it and points at Professor Kegstone. Guys, inside, inside. It takes one step and just drops the 50 feet, landing on in the ground side. in front of the door. Okay, not inside. I say right here is good. As it lands, it throws up a patch of snow from where, mm-hmm. it, where it lands. And it, it's standing on, on solid rock now but there's a uh, we'll say a five foot just gap around it or just where snow's been blown away yeah um what I want to do is I want to poke a keg stone and just be like pack up your thing now what's what's going on now I'll um I'll respond as well I'll cast bark skin uh on myself keg stone is going to rush into his portable hole space yeah and start stowing gear latching yep. it down like a like a ship ready for a storm yeah and as as that happens you'll see Harold's skin starts to transform and take on a uh like a a brown bark like quality 
so you can still you, you can still see all my features, but now now my skin has that like rough bark like appearance, and um, I'll say um, uh, we should spread out, and um, I'll move to one end of the platform, but not too close to the edge. Okay, uh, let's get initiative rolls. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's uh, sixteen for me. Eleven for Meredith. Nine. Drolog will will call down. I'm sorry, cousin, but they made me a deal I couldn't pass up. Harold. How far away is Drolag? You said 50 feet up the mountain, right? 50 feet up, and if it's a 50-foot platform, so maybe you're halfway along. Are you looking straight line? Yeah, yeah, crow flag. Crow flag. Five squared is 25 plus, plus nine is 34. It's about 60 feet. Yeah, call it 60 feet. All right. Um, nice. Mental trig. <laughs> okay. Uh, great. Um, so taking the sphere uh, in my hand and rotating it until the form of a hawk, each star individually lighting up and then the form of a hawk, and then out from the sphere, uh, a, 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 this giant hawk emerges and flies straight towards Drolag, like 60 feet, and will... Um, make uh, an attack um, mm-hmm. against Trollag. That's a six. Uh, so that's like 20-something to hit. Yep, that hits. And uh, with that, using its small attack, uh, that'll be five plus six, 11 points of piercing damage. Ooh, okay. So this 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 is Orion you have summoned? Yes. Yes, Orion in Hawk yeah. form. Okay. Yeah, Orion. Um, is there anything else you do to move, or is that your whole action to your whole turn to summon Orion? I I, I still get my movement, but uh, I think I'm positioned sort of. I'm I'm assuming we're all kind of equidistant from the the golem, but sort of maybe like spreading like mm-hmm. an arc at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm gonna say Meredith um, when she was trying to like kind of tell everyone to run and get away inside. She was running towards the door and has kind of skidded to a stop. She's a little bit too close to the golem. I'm probably right by where the hut is because I've just given Zinlaz all those instructions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, It is the golem's turn. Uh, It was instructed to do one thing. So it's going to try and do that one thing. There are people in the way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that people is Meredith first, then Potentia. So it moves through the snow, its feet stomping on the ground. As it moves, it leaves patches of burning snow where it steps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can snow burn? It's leaving something which is burning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And its legs seem to be on fire. It doesn't seem to mind. It gets right up in front of you, Meredith, and... Yep. As it swings at you, its hand becomes a flat paddle. <gasps> and I'm going to try and hit you with it. Does a 17 hit you? <gasps> yes! Alright, you are going to take... But I'm so small! We need to get you a buff spell. 10 points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to need to make a strength saving throw. Okay. Um, where's my 20-sided dice? There it is. 17, so right. 16. You, as it 
basically tries to slap you out of the way, you dig your feet into the ground and you don't go flying anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yes! Meredith, you're up. Okay, Meredith is real angry at this. Um, and she's going to cast Thunder Wave. Um, and I think I'm going to do that as a second How far away level? am I from you? We'll put the, the observatory directly behind Meredith and you'll put you behind that. So you are 10 feet away, mm-hmm. but the observatory okay. is behind you. Zin lies in the, yeah, and Zin lies in the observatory right behind you. Where he pocket is dimension. in relation to the pocket, pocket dimensions dimension. are a bit strange. Yeah. yeah. All right, so she's going to cast Thunder Wave. Um, constitution saving throw, I think, for everyone. Um, How far? So 15 I'm feet. Probably actually just out of range of that, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, so the constitution, the golem rolls a 13. So 13 is the safety. So meet, meet to beat. Meet to beat. I got oh, a non-natural dang. 20. Is it half damage then? All right. On a successful fave, the creature takes half as much damage mm-hmm. and isn't pushed. Okay, cool. That's not too bad then. So I need three D eight. Why? Sorry. This is gonna. I'm sorry. Hurt. I'm angry. If I'm you angry. You roll all eights. I'm down. Nine plus four divided by half. You had a full so rest as well, potential. Eleven. Yeah, it's still like. Yeah. So thirteen divided by two. Rounding down. Yeah, six. rounding down. Six. Okay, so six points of damage. Um, and then I'm gonna cast healing word on myself. On yourself or on Potentia? On myself. Sorry, Potentia. Just do the dob. It's fine. Uh, so oh your th- your thunder know, damage I'm, also I'm cracks hurt. some of the wooden <laughs> structure of the observatory's oh. A-frame. Three plus three, so that's six points. Uh, and the wooden structure does not succeed on its constitution save, so the wooden structure took the full. So it's, it's cracking. Whoops. Uh. Potentia. Uh, and you can hear Cakestone like moving about, doing things. Can I call out to him, just faster? Um, as I okay. So what I want to do is put shatter so that it hits the golem, but does not hit Meredith. Okay. And ideally, also doesn't hit the mountain. You can put it behind but, the golem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, hang on! I didn't take my movement action. Can I do that? And yeah, if you want to, away? you can move I'm away. I'm duck out of the way. It'll take a, take a swing at you. No, I'm moving out of the way. It tries to take a swing at you. Ooh, that's a 26. It, it does yeah, hit you. Yeah, it does. So as you turn and run, it will swing at you. It's, its hand becoming clawed as it strikes you. Yeah, I took a chance. Ooh, ah, 15 points of slashing damage. Ooh. How are you doing? I'm not looking uh, great. And where did you move to? <coughs> <coughs> Where did you move to? Uh, I'm moving kind of away from the door towards the edge. Okay, towards Harold. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can get to him. You have enough movement to get to Harold. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, um, I'll move over towards okay. Harold. Potentia, you are now free and clear to blast this thing. Yes, please. Uh, are uh, you so- also not hitting the observatory structure? Yes. Okay. That's, the, that's kind of why I was trying to go for behind so I could just hit it. Uh, so yes, I'm going to cast Shatter. Uh, it's still a con save of 13. It fails. Yes. Okay, so it's going to take 3d8. 7 is 12 points of damage. You get the impression that your spell does more damage than you expected. Your Shatter spell, when it hits it, cracks run through its most of its body 
and it looks like you've like torn part of its back open, so it, like butterflies out, mm-hmm. uh, and it leaves, and there are chunks of its back on the ground, sizzling, burning in the snow. Can I move so that I am? If you imagine that the observatory is in the middle of the thing, I want to be between the observatory and the wall. It's like the opposite side of the observatory to the mm-hmm. other two. Yep. Okay. But like so that I can square off to where the golem is. Sure. Okay. It's maybe real dumb. Mm. We'll see. That's what she's, she's, ha- she's yelled faster to Zinlaz, so she's hoping that he will just move. Zinlaz is continuing to put things away. As he's putting things away, you hear kind of weirdly echoing out of the observatory and then, Why are you doing this? Um, Drolug, who has just been attacked by a hawk, you know, protecting his face. <laughs> they don't like your research. They promised me the schematics for the mountain. Harold. All right. So um, the hawk will basically do like a circle flying back towards Drolag. Mm-hmm. So coming in from the mountainside um, and we'll go in for another attack. Does a... 17 hit? Yes. Oh, damn. That's uh, 8. Uh, 14 piercing damage. Okay. Uh, he will he will drop to his knee and, like, mm-hmm. holding on to the barrel for stability. But he is okay. not looking good at all. All right. Um, what do you, Harold, do? So me, Harold, uh, I will take... Uh, how How is the golem looking from my perspective? Uh, it's taken a few hits, but it, as a golem, does not seem to care. And it is right. also right in front of the observatory where Zinlaz Cakestone, your professor, is in. All right. This never seems to work, but Entangle, making sure that the observatory is out of the range, just like 20 foot around the golem. All right. It's going to make a save. Am I in yeah. that 20 foot? No, you moved no, around No, no, I'm clarifying because I don't have a map. No, you're fine. You're out of the way. Um, what's the save he needs to make, Ross? 14. Uh, is it dexterity or strength? strength he rolls an eight you have entangled him yes restrained <laughs> yes restrained <laughs> no but he, meredith would probably see just kind of just like a fist bump like yes <laughs> it's like the fourth time i've cast this never works. The first time it's actually worked <laughs> he, it rolled very badly yeah i i imagine it has a pretty good strength yeah, I was too. Like and as a golem it has <laughs> magical resistance so it gets advantage on those rolls it just rolled badly twice mm. So, it is restrained. Mm. For those playing at home, restrained means that the creature cannot move. Its speed becomes zero. Any attack rolls made against it have advantage. And any attack roll that the creature makes has disadvantage. It also has disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. Yes. I love how you'd like, for those playing at home... And also, for like, Joe. Also, for those playing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all playing at home. Um, so... Creature restrained by the spell is able to use its action to try and break free. Mm-hmm. Um, so it being its turn, I guess it gets to do it that. Does. Um, uh, so it's a strength check to try and break free. Yeah, absolutely. It rolls a eighteen on its strength check to break free. Cool, but that is its action now. Yeah, so, so it'll spend the turn ripping these vines off of itself. Um, it's back reforming. It looks like it looks thinner as it's reforming. Uh, and it will move to be at the mouth of the portable hole, looking into the observatory. Meredith. 
Okay, um, Meredith is going to take this opportunity to cure wounds. So she's going to cast cure wounds on herself, level one. So that's 1d8 plus three. Because she is not good. Actually, I might do a second level cure wounds. That's 2d8 plus three. Um, so she gets 16 hit points. How back. inspirational is she feeling? Uh, she's feeling very inspirational and she's going to inspire um, potential. <laughs> um, but. She's also going to cast Healing Word as a bonus action. Oh, cool. Um, you can only do one of those, I think. Yeah, you can only do one. Yeah. Oh, uh, can I? <sighs> How are you looking? I'm only down by, by a bit. I'm, I'm fine. Like. Okay, I'm, I'll cast Inspiration on you then. She kind of yells at Potentia and goes, um, Potentia, give it all you got. Take it down. You got this. I don't know if she does, but we're going to give it a crack anyway. Be all... All right, Potentia, what are you doing? <laughs> um... I am going to hurl an ice knife at it at level two. Okay. Which is a ranged spell attack for me, and then it will need to do a dex saving throw. Okay. Well. Roll to so hit. A ranged spell attack for me. I'm not going to use my bardic inspiration, which means that's a 19 to hit. That does hit. Cool. Because it's 14 plus 5. So then I do 1d10. Uh, so that's a six plus uh, it needs to do a dex saving throw and I might do more damage. Nat 20. Damn it. Alright, so it takes six. Okay. The ice shard explodes but sadly there's nothing. What's the explosion radius of the ice shard? Uh, Each creature within five foot. You'll do some splash against the the A-frame observatory. It's just kind of ice coating it. Not that there's probably not ice coating it already because we're on true. the mountain. <laughs> yeah, but now there's like ice shards in like embedded into it. Yeah. Um, and then can I... What are the rules... Sorry, this is one that I don't know. What are the rules with reactions in combat? Opportunity attack-wise. So it's only when you leave its threatened square. So you can actually move in a circle around it and not provoke an attack. It's only once you try to leave its range of attack that you provoke an attack. I mean, it's stupid, but she's going to do it anyway. So, like, I, the player, acknowledge that what I'm about to do is dumb. I, the character, I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, which is just going to run in to be basically next to it and ideally between it and whatever Kegstone is doing inside the pocket dimension. You are actually, you have to basically take a step into the pocket dimension because it is right out front. Can I, I, can I move through that square, though? I, you can, like just shuffle past it to get into the space. Yeah, basically I want to be between it and Kegstone. Yeah, because Kegstone has basically planted himself back against the, the wall of this portable hole, as far away as he can possibly be from this this golem. Yeah. Kegstone finished packing up inside, but nowhere to go right now. Drolug, for those of you who can see him. Harold and Meredith outside, Potentia, cannot because she is in the portable hole. He stumbles up leaning on the barrel. Harold, with your excellent perception, you can hear him say, I'm sorry, cousin, as he lights a fuse on this barrel and pushes the whole thing (gasps) over the edge. It hits the ground and explodes with a figurative and literal (sighs) earth-shattering explosion. Everyone is going to have to make a dexterity saving throw. I got 12. Four. 17. Uh, 
So the golem crit succeeds. It doesn't shake. Meredith, you succeed. You are low to the ground. Your center of mass prevents this from happening. Harold, unfortunately, you will find yourself flat on your back as the the step you are standing on has shattered. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, Potentia and Kegstone in this portable hole are somewhat cushioned from this explosion. The dimensional difference between inside and outside buffering some of that shake. The A-frame itself is not looking in good shape at all. Hey guys, I'm in a pocket dimension. If you could not have the A-frame collapse, that'd be dope! Maybe um, get out I'd of like there all then. of you <laughs> outside to make constitution saving throws. Mm. Ah, I got a four, Ben. Mm. I got a four. 13. Okay, Harold is fine. Meredith, there's a ringing in your ear that isn't going away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, so you can't hear. I am. You can't deafened. hear what's happening. But Harold can hear there is a rumble coming from the peak mm-hmm. as a avalanche descends. Okay. Harold, you are lying prone. You can see an avalanche above you. It will get here in maybe six seconds. Mm-hmm. Uh, with your excellent insight, you notice that while the A-frame has taken some damage, the wooden planks seem to be holding together quite well and may in fact be somewhat sled-shaped. The door is currently unguarded. You could run through it. (laughs) Meredith, looking at the golem, cannot hear the avalanche coming from above her. What are you doing? All right, I will use uh, half my movement to stand up. Mm -hmm. Uh, I will instruct the hawk to once again attack Drolag. Um, so it would be 15 feet away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll roll an attack. Would a 12? Yes, he does not have much armor. He is currently at disadvantage things. All right. So that's another five plus six damage. That he, he drops. He is unconscious on. He is down. All right. And for the rest of the hawk's movement, which is 45 feet. Uh, I'm going to have the hawk move towards Meredith. Uh, with my free action, I will basically point Meredith to the, the, the impending avalanche. Mm-hmm. And mm, so the avalanche is coming. The observatory doors are open. The command room, the bridge, the door, that door. Mm. That's It's still cracked open from last night. The observatory has the portable hole still in place. Potentia and Kegstone are inside. Yeah. It could hit. It could fit all of you. It'd be snug. It could fit all of you. But the golem is in the way. I got past it though. It doesn't seem to react unless things are in its way. Okay. And after after Drolag went down, did the golem behavior change at all? Uh, it hasn't had its turn yet. You don't know. Okay. Um. All right. Yeah. I'll. I'll head into the little pocket dimension. So you run, slip past the golem into the pocket dimension. Yeah. The golem, I have to roll. It is on low health. This golem, when it is on low health, I'm going to roll a d6 to see if it actually goes berserk. It does not go berserk. It is still on its mission. 
I'm going to say, Harold, you are in front of it the most because you've just arrived to this pocket dimension. Mm -hmm. So it's going to attack you. You are the first person in its list of people to get through to get to Cakestone. So mm -hmm. does that mean that I am yeah, ten, yeah. effectively 10 foot from the golem now? Because Harold is in front of me. He's kind of squished and pushed in front of you. So we'll say, yeah. Like, you are somewhere, because it, it's a 10 foot portable hole. I am squishing three people into that 10 foot space. Cakestone is right up against the wall. It's like 10 foot by 10 foot. So I'm, I, I, I am technically breaking some of these rules to fit you here. But we could be next to each other. That's yeah. also fine. Yeah. But I'm still rolling to attack Harold. Its, ha its fist forms into a singular blade that comes towards you in a piercing motion. Yep. It rolls a 13 to hit. Doesn't hit. Glances off my bark like skin. Team defensive skin right now. It's in the, mm -hmm. it's in the pocket yeah. dimension. 13 would normally hit, but I, I, I cast bark skin. So I have an AC of 16 now. Okay. If it could look mad, it looks mad. It has no facial features, so it kind of it. You get the impression that it is angry. If it could be. Mm -hmm. Meredith. Harold kind of pointed up above you. You can't hear anything, but you can definitely see it. So she kind of looks around, sees where Harold's gone. But I'm not going to be able to fit in there, am I? You can. Can I? Because I would rather not get separated. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to book it for the um, for the. Even though it means getting in front of this this golem again. But yeah, I think instinctively she's going to go where Harold's ducked into, because she's seen okay. the avalanche, and then she's seen him kind of book it for the pocket dimension. So she's kind of like mm -hmm. not really thinking heaps, but is just unconsciously like following. Yeah, this is all happening in slow motion mm -hmm. as the avalanche is coming down the mountain. Yeah, so she's sprinting for the, the pocket dimension as well. All right. Oh, also, do you take, take an action, Meredith, when you get there? Do you cast a spell? Do you heal? Do you do an attack? No. I think she's just going to run. Okay. Potentia, you, it's now very crowded in here. Can I use my um, quarterstaff to shove the golem out so we have like the tiniest amount of more space uh, make a we'll call it a contested strength check ooh I rolled low 13 is what you have to beat well I rolled a 13 plus 1 so so I you do <laughs> uh, you shove it back 5 feet good I can't really do anything mm -hmm. I mean, I could, but won't, because mm. that's a dick thing to do, because I'm 30 feet from inside, and I know how to get inside from here. But I don't... I, I wouldn't do it. So. Okay. You can't see it, but you can hear the avalanche impact yeah. the step behind you. Snow rushes past in front of you and wraps around the portable hole entranceway, and yeah. you are suddenly moving. You don't necessarily feel it as such. You are cushioned somewhat from that in here mm -hmm. but the portable hole the entranceway that square of wood that has a cake stone constructed on that frame is being flung down the mountain mm. everyone I, is going are we out of combat or are we in combat uh, we are currently sliding down the mountain in a portable <laughs> hole that doesn't answer my question Ben 
my, I need to make a dexterity saving throw for this golem. That's kind of why I shoved it away. <laughs> All right. Now, here is something very... I think I'm going to pull the curtain back slightly. I set the check for this golem to be able to grab onto this portable hole at 15. A moderately difficult check as it comes rushing past itself. The golem has a dexterity score of 9, meaning it has a negative 1 modifier. I rolled a 15 on my dice. With a negative 1, the golem grazes it with its claws Uh. as you come flying past with the snow. It will fail its strength check, so it's probably tumbling down the mountainside. (laughs) (laughs) Potentially, by the way, does not like being in this tiny space. Well, especially because it is now... It has become... uh, vertical. Yeah. So you are now in this portable hole as it is now positioned like a real hole would be, but the top is now above you. The portable hole was sideways on this plank of wood on the A-frame. It's rotated to be flat, like horizontal now, and sliding down the mountain on top of this snow. Occasional bits of snow will be chucked in filling part of this space. Um... So as this is happening, I'll have I'll have Orion use like their double movement to follow us, basically. Mm-hmm. So none of you are ten feet tall. None of you can see outside. Uh, I will get all of you to make dexterity saving throws to see how much you're tossed about and how much you can mm-hmm. prevent yourself from being tossed about in here. Thirteen for Meredith. Seven. Ten. Mm-hmm. Cake stone rolls a five. I'm glad I have a dexterity saving throw of plus three, or this, I would be very, very flat. Um, so everybody who rolled ten and under is going to take some tumble damage as you are tossed about mm-hmm. slightly. Ooh. Ten points of bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Ow. Okay, now, now, Meredith, now I'm not looking so good. <laughs> Eventually, after a exceptionally loud trip, as the roar of this avalanche fills your ears and tumbling about quite a bit, the sky above you seems to steady and the whole thing slides to a stop. There's enough stuff in here that you can climb out. Yes, please, immediately. Hello, it's Ben, your friendly Dungeons & Doctorates DM here, reminding you once again to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at DN Doctorates and to tweet using the hashtag DN Doctorates. Let your friends know if you're enjoying the show. Get them on board. Let's get more academic adventurers to come along with us on this journey through PhD life. Now we have a special message to be read out on the show uh, by Bonin the Librarian. So I'm going to pass it over to him. Hello, it is me, Bonin the Librarian. I have a special message here to be read out for Adam from David. David says, your passion for reading and writing is admirable, and I am very glad to have you as a DM. Good work, Adam, being a DM. It is always good to see appreciation for one's work. Thank you, Bernan. So, uh, if you would like a message read out on the show by myself, Joe, Kate, or Ross, or any of the NPC characters, fill out the form via our link tree, and then you can get your message into a future episode. 
We have an episode of The Common Room coming up very soon. If you want your questions answered in our behind the scenes episode of the show, submit them via the link tree. You can find our link tree on all our social media and our website, dndoctorates.com. Our next episode is coming out next Thursday, December the 10th. I can't believe we're in December already. Keep an eye out for that. It's going to be a great one. And uh, keep an eye out for a special episode coming out in the future. More details to follow. But for now, let's get back to the episode. Meredith is, um, as soon as they come down to a stop, Meredith is immediately checking on Potentia because she is not Mm. looking great. So she's like, yeah, so she'll cast Cure Wounds, I think, on Potentia. So three plus three, Potentia, you get six points back. Less dead, still very hurt. You're basically at the bottom of the mountain. You've been carried all the way to the base of the Wandering Peak, the Wayward Peak. Well, that's one way to get down. I'll check on Zinlaz just to make sure he's okay. Uh, Zinlaz is unconscious. All right, I'll give him a... He is. I, I'll, I'll clarify. He is not unconscious from injuries. He is just unconscious. He is asleep. He is passed out. He is... He's not He's not rolling death, throat, death yeah, saves right now. Yeah, he's not now. rolling death saving throws. He is just... He was very tired. And then all of this happened overwhelmed. and overwhelmed. Right. He's done. I'll, uh, I'll climb out of the, the, the little pocket dimension and have... Um, Orion pick up Zinlaz and just sort of place him outside. As a hawk? Yeah. How much can Orion lift as a hawk? Well, Orion has a strength of plus four, so quite a bit. That is a big hawk. Okay. Hawks yeah. are bigger than you'd think. Mm. All right. Uh, so, yes, you get Orion to lift Zinlaz out, uh, place him on the mostly grass at this point where you are. Hmm. And take a moment to take stock of what's just happened. Meredith still can't hear. Everything is just kind of muffled to her at this point. I mean, I can cast lesser restoration on myself. I, if you want to, yeah. I mean, if it's it's would probably be something that Meredith would find very disconcerting. Very, yes, exactly. She would not be happy. So I'm going to do it. Lesser restoration. Okay. You can hear. Yeah. Oh, all right. Uh, and actually, I will also need to get all of you to make a constitution saving throw. Fair. <laughs> uh, 15. That's an 8 for Meredith. 6. All right. You've just descended 10,000 feet in a very short period of time. Meredith and Potentia, you aren't feeling great. Your ears are giving you some trouble. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, Harold's actually feeling much better now that he's close to sea level. So Meredith and Potentia are like sitting on the ground, like blowing through their nose. No, like, I, with the I mean, trying to she, equalize. She's just kind of sitting there being like, I just got beat up falling down a thing. And I'm ju- I just feel weird in general. I don't know that she's actually doing anything about it because she can't work out whether it's because she's just been bounced around inside a pocket dimension or, or yeah. what. But. Meredith, I think, is just kind of like trying to equalize her ears, and then she like gives up and falls backwards on the grass, and is like, "Ah, <laughs> that bloody golem again!" Mm. Did you notice it was the same one from the library? It was missing sure an arm. Mm. Clocked that one. Mm. Who on earth are these guys? I don't know. They seem very opposed to. I, I heard Drolog say they didn't like your research. 
Mm. I think yeah. they were trying to prevent whatever it is that we found tonight getting out uh, into the greater public, maybe. In potential, just stand up and look to see where they are in terms of, like, where they entered the wandering and stuff before. You are actually very close to where you entered the, the peak when you first arrived. Okay. She's gonna... Without saying anything, because she feels like crap, but she's sort of not thinking about everyone else. Not really thinking about herself either, but not really thinking about everyone else either. Um, head, how far do you reckon she, they are from that point? And would she know that? I mean, you can see the entrance from here. Cool. She's going to walk over there with a goal to getting someone to come and help with um, Zinlas, who is unconscious and stuff. That's fair. Um, well, he'll, he'll actually be stirring at this point. You've, you've taken a few minutes just to, like, ground yourself and do what just happened. Where are we now? Um, so as you're standing up and about to make this this move towards the, the entranceway, Zinlaz kind of stirs. Ugh, where are we? Did we die? Almost. Um, Zinlaz, I think we tumbled down the mountain. Thank goodness for your little... Uh... Uh, pocket office. Uh, I think it's saved us a great deal of pain, to be honest. Um, They're just going to make that move anyway because she needs to tell people that Drolag is unconscious on the top of the mountain. Because regardless is he, of him being a jerk, well, she doesn't know. She knows that that's where he. That's like, where he was. Was so then avalanche. But like, mm. she also didn't see the avalanche. So, That's like, she felt it. Mm. She didn't see it. She doesn't know where it came mm. from. She also, you know, the fact that the commander room now may have snow in it, and something's happened up there. Mm. Okay. Potentia's going for a walk. Zinlaz is he's still, like, he's, like, slightly propped himself up, uh, and he looks over at the the planks of wood, which are still, which are barely holding together with the portable hole placed over it, um, and he says, Endara. And the portable hole flickers and just becomes a piece of fabric. Uh, Harold, would you mind rolling that up for me? Oh, of, of course, yes. Um, Zinlaz, how, how much do you remember of our little uh, scrape just now? Because uh, your cousin seems to have fallen in with some... Uh... He said something about my research. Yes, um... You know, we, we found ourselves in the bowels of the library a couple of weeks ago, and we were attacked by the same golem there. Uh, and at that point, uh, it was being controlled by someone, some kind of cloaked figure, and they were looking for something in a book. Um, obviously, these two are connected. Um I'm sorry to say I don't know what happened to Drolag. Um, Orion over here took a few chunks out of him, and then next thing I know, the uh, some explosion went off, and then the snow was coming. Um, I really wouldn't know what happened to him, but um, it seems like some people have gotten to him. Uh, it's twice we've run across them now. It's rather concerning. It's not good to hear. He looks around. What happened to your friend, uh, Potentia, the elf? I don't know. She sort of just wandered off, which is... She does odd. that sometimes. Uh, Harold, you can probably see her walking towards 
the entrance way from here. Mm. She she's travelled some distance, but she's like halfway there at this point. Yes. Well, are you alright, Zinlaz? You're not hurt. Ah. Uh, stretches, moves his limbs. Nothing seems broken. Alright, if you're sure. Um So uh should we move this equipment back inside? We seem to have landed uh, near the base of the the mountain here. He looks over at the, the remains of his observatory frame. I think we'll just pack up the, uh, the portable hole. The frame is pretty much written off at this point. Will it be okay, though? It's not permanently broken, is it? Uh, I'll, I'll be able to build a new frame. The hole, sh- the hole has most of the observatory equipment in it. The frame is mostly just to give it somewhere to be, you know. I know some industrious right. dwarfs will be able to put something together again. Maybe something a bit sturdier than wood. Yes, well, um, hopefully that goes well. Um, it would be a shame to have to uh, put a halt to our observations, of course. We're going to need many more, I would say. Definitely. Plenty more of these uh, other worlds to, to document, too. Well, uh, he stops and he thinks to himself... Maybe we, we hold off on telling people about that for a bit. Just until until things settle down a bit. Yes, it does seem like someone's rather intent on keeping this quiet. We should probably keep this to ourselves, all of us. Did we ever learn what the tabaxi was after in the library? No. Nope. We didn't, did nope. we? We just no, know they okay. were searching for something in a book. Okay. Hmm. Very good. Although um, Bonin did uh, did say he suspected they were part of some organization that was resistant to the idea of knowledge becoming sort of public, mm-hmm. like the idea they were against kind of the sharing of knowledge or the dissemination right. of knowledge. So definitely fits with what we encountered last time. So you'll make your way towards the entranceway for the, the Dwarven Peak, the fortress. Uh, potentially we'll get there first. What does she say to these guards who are outside, who have seen this avalanche and seen you wander from the edge of it? She wants. She's going to point back and say um, that they were part of a that she and people were part of a uh, some studies going on on the peak uh, when we were attacked. Um, I believe that part of the attack, that some of the attackers may still be on the peak and it might be worth checking up there. Um, but there was also a golem that got pushed down the mountain, she believes, with them. Um, and she'll drop Drolag's name as the person that, as the, the person who attacked them. All right, well, uh, you stay here a minute. We're going to go get someone. Just going to sit on whatever rock mm-hmm. exists nearby that is mm-hmm. air-sized. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, eventually, the other three show up. Mm-hmm. We all just kind of collapse onto the ground next to Potentia. Uh, eventually, a an authority position, some kind of guard captain or something, will come over. What's all this about? Then Professor Cakestone stands up. I uh, I have some things I need to say. These three, they're just students that were helping me out. I was the one responsible for this observ- of uh, scientific observation. I have, well, I have a attempted murder to report, I suppose. 
the guard captain looks at him and looks at the three of you. A human, a halfling, and an elf. I'm going to produce my student ID card out of my pocket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, I guess uh points at Perez Cakestone. You'll come with me and you'll make a full report. Um, your students, they'll take a brief statement, but then they're free to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get statements from each of you to some guards who will write down your words. Um, Professor yep. Kegstone will organize, he'll organize two horses and a pony. Thank you. And he'll let you know that, unfortunately, there's some investigation that needs to take place here. Apparently we haven't even gotten up to the top of the mountain yet to see if, if he's there still. Yes, well, um, as I said, Orion took quite a chunk out of him. Um, I don't think he was going anywhere fast. Hmm. Can Meredith just, like, step up to um, to Professor Kegstone and just, like, put a hand on his shoulder? Because she's very, on that rare kind of occasion of not having to look up very, very much. And she goes, Professor, I'm really sorry about your cousin. I know you guys were close. The whole way here. He's telling me not to come. I know. Yes, I suppose now we know his motivations, don't we? Um, Professor, you don't um, you don't suppose the dwarves would be okay with us finding an inn for the night? I, I really don't think I'm up for traveling in this condition. Uh, I could do with a night's rest and maybe a good meal, mm. to be honest. Uh, more of that dwarven brandy. I've grown quite accustomed to it over the past few weeks. Aye, I can put you up for the night. Um... You don't have anywhere to be back in town? Uh, not in a great hurry. Um, most of my work is obviously here, so um, I, I can't speak for the other two, of course, but I know that I'm really no. not in a condition to travel. A night's rest would be very good, but Professor, is there anything we can do to help you? Do you need anything? Well, if uh, that cousin of mine is still alive, the only thing I'm going to need is an axe. Hmm. Well, that's a family matter. I wouldn't want to get involved in that. Meredith just smiles at at the professor and, like, squeezes his shoulder a little bit and says, I'm sorry. And then, I guess, turns to follow the others to an inn. Okay. Um, there will be an inn for travellers who are resting here. It'll be mostly dwarves, but there'll be some humans in here. Uh, a halfling or two. No elves, apart from Potentia. But that's not surprising, really. No, she's not surprised by that. Uh, Kegstone will pay for a comfortable room for each of you. Hmm. As well as uh, he'll pay for a meal for at some point throughout the day. I imagine some of you might want to sleep. I'm looking at Harold to might want to get (laughs) a night's worth of sleep now. Um, Nah, he'll he'll kind of push through to the evening. Now there is somewhere safe. Mm. Uh, He's probably keen to have a few drinks. Okay. Um, no but it's very Professor Kegstone is going to have to go off because he is now involved in a criminal investigation mm. which involved a family member trying to kill another family member which is not taken well in dwarven society mm. so he's going to be going off um, there are in this inn uh, ravens available if you need to send messages to anyone nope well two of you have supervisor meetings the following day Oh, yes. I will need to send a raven then. I'm not going to send a raven for reasons that Ben will understand. And I will use that method 
mm-hmm. to send a message to just push my meeting back into the afternoon such that I can arrive with the goal being I'll set off early mm-hmm. um, and arrive back by early afternoon. Okay. Yeah, Meredith, I think, is just going to cancel it and go for the week after next. It's fair. Too much. Mm. Um, so Meredith has gotten a raven before, so you're quite familiar with the process of there is no person who looks after the ravens. The ravens look after the ravens. And so you approach a raven, you say who you want to send the message to. The raven kind of looks into the dis- like into the distance somewhere that you can't see. And then outstretches leg that has four bands. A copper band, a silver band, a gold band, and a platinum band. And it will tap once on the silver band and look at you. And you know to produce a silver coin for this raven. Mm-hmm. So Meredith does that. Um, and it will uh, tap the, the coin with its beak, which causes that coin to disappear, which you have done before, It's but it still surprises you every time. Mm-hmm. And it produces a very small piece of parchment for you to write your message. Cool. So what, what does Meredith write? Uh, Meredith writes, um, Hi, Jillian. The, the expedition that I told you about ran into some problems. Would you mind terribly if we... I won't be back in time for the meeting tomorrow. Would you mind if we postponed this one until next week? How do you, how do you sign it? Thanks, Meredith. You roll it up, hand it to the raven. It slots into its little brace that it has there mm-hmm. and it will caw at you and then fly up and out of the room outside somewhere. Thank you! She yells after it. You make your way back to where Potentia and Harold are sitting at a table. Has What has Harold ordered in this dwarven inn? Oh, he's ordered like a mixed grill type thing. Like, like just, just like a huge like breakfast of like <laughs> meats and like eggs. Some kind of fried potato product that dwarves eat, mm-hmm. I imagine. Um, probably not many vegetables, I guess, because they're I mean, I don't want to cast aspersions. Oh, I mean, friends, mushrooms, but... carrots, potatoes, plenty of yeah of root yeah, vegetables. Just a real hearty, like, like, mm-hmm. like absolute meal. Is Potentia uh, sitting with you? I'm she here for something? that. Um, well, Potentia was going to go and do something while Meredith was off doing that, so she's okay. not back yet. It was kind of the okay. Um, Let's. Are we following Potentia, or are, that's up are we? To you. you can. You can for. The, this i'm not going to give the, the the message sending i'm not going to give away on this particular one. all right okay. uh, um what she wants to do is go back to the kegstone residence you remember the way it's a little disorienting being inside a mountain in a fortress but you remember the way it was only yeah. yesterday yeah and she just wants to um stick her, basically poke her nose in and, and thank kegstone's mother for the snack essentially and she's trying to work like, and suss out how fast the information is going through the... When you get there, Marta answers the door and she appears to be in some kind of a fluster. Uh, Merit, uh, Potentia, uh, uh, what, what can I do for you? Sorry, I just, I just wanted to check in on the family and to thank you for your hospitality yesterday. Um, I know it's probably not the best time, but I will be heading off back to Theramaster's tomorrow and doubted I'd have an opportunity in the morning. Standing very awkwardly being like I, I know this is a bad time but like hospitality dictates that mm. this is what I do. Y- yes we, we've heard the news um, my husband he's he's just gone to the, the guards 
or he has things he wants to say. Zinlaz is all right. Shaken, but he is all right. That's good. Uh, I haven't seen him yet. I've just... One of the guards came and Bill 4 went off. I mean, first he went off, then he went off with the guard. <laughs> she just sort of nods <laughs> and like, yeah. <laughs> mm, I can picture that, yes. Well. I'm glad that uh, you students are all okay. Well, you know, bruises heal. They do. She just sort of smiles and turns to go. Like, she didn't mean to interrupt, but just wanted to sort of do the thank you for your hospitality and check in that everyone knew that Zinlaz was all right and that sort of feel. Hang on, before you go, have have you eaten breakfast yet? Uh, She just sort of smiles and says, you taught Zinlaz well on how to cook over a fire. Someone had to teach him. All right, well, um, thank you. She sort of nods, turns to go. Oh, and then she sort of wheels over her shoulder and just sort of calls out that Meredith says hello to Rolf and, by the way, heads off, like, just as I sort of call across behind her. She'll she'll watch you walk down the, ro- like, down the road before going back inside. Cool. I head back to the... All right, so Harold is tucking into this meal when Meredith... Wand is over. Potentially is nowhere to be seen. Oh my goodness, that looks amazing. I am starving. Do you want some? Uh, you're welcome to grab oh. a sausage or something off the plate. I would love some. I might actually just order my own, though, to be honest. <laughs> yes, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, you, you, yeah. had, you had breakfast not that so long good. ago, but a lot happened in that time. A lot has happened. Yeah. Trauma eating. Trauma yeah. makes you hungry. Time for 11 C's, I suppose, for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yes. Second breakfast. Um... Yeah, so she, she waves somebody down um, and she kind of points at what at what Harold's having and says, I will have that, but maybe half the amount, please. <laughs> the, the person, like, the second you said, I, I will have that, the person all went to object and then you said, but half of that, and there you went, can do. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> you haven't seen Potentia, have you? She's sort of disappeared. No, but you know how she is. She's fine. She'll turn up. I don't know about that. I mean, she wandered off earlier and then almost ran into a troop of goblins. I mean, who knows what could have happened there. That's true, but I trust her. She'll be okay. Well, let's hope so. Um, She knows where we are. She'll come back when she's ready. It's an awfully odd place for an elf to be walking by themselves. Uh, Well, she won't get lost then. Or we won't lose her. No, nor the dwarves, I imagine, but... um, Mm Mm-hmm. I suppose that's not one for us to concern ourselves with at this point. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to a sleep tonight, but... Um, I can imagine. We should make the most of it, though, while we're here. We don't get to uh, visit exotic locales very often, even if it's... <laughs> uh, and I sort of look around and just lower my voice a bit, you know, inside this damp mountain. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it damp so much as warm. Mm that furnace. It's a pretty spectacular mountain though to be fair. But I think what I'm more worried about at the moment is where that golem came from. This is the second time we've run into that thing. Well, do you know, it, it's funny because the first time we came into contact with it, um, it seemed to just vanish somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was talking to you earlier. I, I've heard of wizards who can teleport things. Yeah. 
It seems like this golem just seems to be... I mean, this is the second person we've seen control this thing, though. And uh, it's clearly someone has an agenda that we're not fully privy to. I think um, when we get back, we should uh, we should have a talk to Bonin about this. I agree. He seems to know a little bit more, but even then, I'm not convinced he's got the full story. No, it, does, it doesn't seem like it, but um, curious coincidence that it should show up... Uh, where we happen to be twice in a few weeks. Mm. I'm starting to think I we are... I would say, in my experience, once is a co- is accidental. Yes. I think twice. I'm rather starting to fear that we're some kind of bad luck magnet or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, I mean, I was thinking... You're not wrong. Um, I don't think Potentia would be... I think it would take some convincing, but, um, you know, we make rather a good team, the three of us, and... Um, if we're going to be getting in trouble all the time, maybe we could make a bit of money out of it and join the Adventures Guild. We get like an official seal and, uh, you know, we could turn our adventures into a little bit of profit maybe, or even maybe just help people, you know. Um, the Guild doesn't always deal in, uh, you know, like grave robbing or whatever. Sometimes it's just a simple task of helping somebody in need for a bit of coin. I mean, you're not wrong. That does sound like a, a decent idea. We should have to think about it, of course, but, um... I think we need to chat with Potentia first. Probably, but, um... We'll we'll see. I I have a feeling it will take a little bit of convincing. She doesn't seem to be the sort of glory-seeking type. No, I mean, people join the Adventurers Guild for different reasons, though. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, your plate of food will arrive, Meredith, sizzling away. (gasps) Yes! And she, like, picks up her knife and fork and, and looks at Harold and goes... And then, like, tucks in. <laughs> uh, sometime later, after you've gotten most of the way through, the, through your meals, potentially will, will arrive back at the inn. Yeah. On her way back, she's probably organised that message to go um, before actually so sort of gone outside to deal with that and then come back in. To mm-hmm. that. Which is why I allowed enough time for a, f- yeah, a full grill and a half grill to be eaten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, she's gonna slide in. I assume. Are you in a booth? Yeah. Slide in, sort of on the edge. You're alive, then, Potentia. Did you expect otherwise? Well, you didn't let us know where you were going. Who knows what could have happened? They're not especially fond of elves. I'm sure you've you've noticed. I went to the Cakestone residence. Oh, did you? How are they doing? Uh, his father is at. Is with the guards right now. I don't. No, uh, the mother feels seems to seems better, but flustered, and obviously it's it's a day, right? It's just I so sad. told her that you asked after the young one, Meredith. Oh, thank you. I hope that was okay. Yeah, of course it is. Bit of a shock, isn't it? Imagine absolutely a member of your own family betraying you like that. Um, you know, I, I don't always get on with my, my father or my, my siblings, but I, I, I could never imagine any of them trying to hurt me like that. Mm. I think we'd do anything for each other if time's called for it. Yeah, it kind of boggles your mind sometimes, doesn't it? But I mean, did you hear what Jolig said, though? Whoever they were offered him the schematics to the mountain. I would assume that means, given that um, Zinlaz was saying that his family used to be in charge of moving the mountain, I guess that means that he could move it. That's huge. Because that means that he's in control of where the mountain goes. 
Yes, I, I think... Guess that, that was um, too much to pass up? Why we were at dinner? I, I remember Drolog... Or maybe it was earlier on, but he... He was of the opinion that we should... Uh, they, the dwarves should have moved the mountain a while ago, and he wanted to move mm. it somewhere new. Yes, he did say that. I suppose he's rather zealous about the idea. Perhaps yeah. was, I don't know. Uh, Orion did... Uh, make a bit of a mess of him, but I thought that maybe if I if I could take down Drolag, the golem may stop functioning once its master was unconscious. Meredith but... just kind of looks at Harold and goes, you did the right thing. Don't worry about it. Yes. You were defending all of us. It's okay. I know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll find him, but um, at least we're all safe. And he yeah. looks at Potentia and then back. Oh, um, you know, uh, I, I think uh, we should have a few drinks and, um, you know, I, I'm sure that uh, dwarves have some kind of parlor game we could partake in for the day or, I don't know, I'm kind of curious maybe just to wander about the place a little, but uh, I think it'll be an early night for me before we set off. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree. Uh, so the three of you settle into a bit more conversation and a bit of time here at this dwarven tavern. Uh, the name of which I glossed over mm -hmm. earlier, but it's called the Rare Gem. Mm, nice. I like it. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> Props mm. to the DM. So there are some dwarven games that you can partake in. There are cards and dice and a sort of darts game as well. Your various traditional tavern-y kind of games. Mm -hmm. But you kind of get the impression that word of what has happened today has been spreading and despite your low profile people are looking your way a whole bunch Potentia is going to retire to her room not go to bed necessarily but she's as the only elf in town effectively she's, does not want to be in the middle of this room right now it's mm -hmm. fair do you need to be alone Potentia or do you want some company for a bit that's up to you I just don't particularly fancy being stared at here Mm. She's just she's go, she's going not with any like I'm leaving and I'm, I I don't want anyone to follow me just in a like this is uncomfortable not going to be mm -hmm. here right now yeah I think I'm pretty exhausted I might actually turn in as well it's super early but I'm just I'm done and that's me saying that well it's hard to tell what time it is there's no natural sunlight in here mm -hmm. but there are clocks but yeah what do the clocks indicate time wise oh it's a lot later than you thought it was. It has that kind of casino effect. Mm. If you've been inside a, a casino, <laughs> time passes in a way that you don't quite expect. And it's actually yeah, like 5 p.m. Yeah, Meredith is done. She's going to go to bed. She's had a big day. Craziness. Enough is enough. Okay. Hopefully you won't get a, a, a face full of snow when you wake up here as well. <laughs> Fingers mm. crossed. Potentia also retires t to her room. Harold, does he stay out a bit longer? No, he's like absolutely shattered. He's probably wants those to leave. He's like, all right, time to go. All right. So the the three of you get a, a good night's rest. Do you, well, I mean, you've just had a, a pretty traumatic day. You get a full night's sleep. Whether or not you get a good night's rest might be to each of your discretion. <laughs> the tension's okay. pretty much up, like uh, up and out as soon as she can be because she's only pushed her meeting back in theory mm. um knowing how that message was sent mm. 
Do I get a response back the same day? You'll get a response back that evening. Because mm-hmm. you sent it out sort of morning time. What does my response say, Ben? Because it matters as to him. So are you going to tell me slash the audience what your message was? The wording of your oh. message? Um, I mean, I can. The, the yes. message itself is not the thing that I'm trying to conceal at this point. Okay, yeah, sure. Um, what, what was the message you sent to your, your supervisor? Was assisting another professor with a with some studies um, and taking the opportunity to do some of my own research in the wilds uh, may be delayed in returning today. Is it possible to move the meeting back to mid to late afternoon? The response you get back is, that's fine, chant. Given the phrase was mid to late, She's translating that as any time from 2pm onwards, so it takes five hours to get back. Unless taking a break, yeah. Yeah, so she's going to be up, packed, ready to go for 8am, like to be on the road just before 8, so that she could in theory stop, stretch her legs part way back and keep Mm -hmm. going. Are Harold and Meredith also getting up early and going with you, or are they travelling separately? Nah, I reckon we'll go with Potentia. I'll go with Potentia anyway. Depends. Does Potentia tell us what time she's leaving? Yes. That would be something she would communicate before. Like, yeah. if she gets a message in the evening, she'd mm-hmm. duck to the two rooms, which I assume she would know where are, because we all would have been given. Mm-hmm. They probably mm-hmm. are adjoining. And just mm-hmm. let the two of you know that she yeah. has to be back for her supervisor meeting by... I think the fact that Meredith went to bed so early means that she's going to wake up super early, so she'll go with yeah. Potentia. Yeah, I would have probably get up early enough if that, it's a solid plan. All right. Oh. In that case, yeah. the three of you makes sense um, to travel get up together. And Perez of organized two horses and a pony to be collected at some point by the three of you. Mm-hmm. So you collect them and make your way back towards Feromasters. I will get an animal handling check from each of you as you ride these horses. They are well-trained traveling horses. So I don't expect anything troublesome to happen here. I say fully allowing the dice gods to do what they want to do. 19. Or a 10. That's a 7. They're fine. It's, they... Hey! You're following a road, they can follow a road, and you get back to Ferrimastus in time for your meeting, Potentia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as the, as the afternoon is rolling around for the rest of you. Somewhere else on the mountain, there is some smoke that comes up from a patch of snow which starts to fizzle and then an arm and a hand come out and grab Mm. the snow and the golem emerges. (laughs) 